Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you'll see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels. And this is just another solo convo coming at you. It's just me, myself, and I chatting on a topic near and dear to my heart. And that topic for today is body image. Oof, what a struggle it's been and continues to be for me when it comes to how I see myself. From plain old bad body image to full-blown body dysmorphia, this shit is real. And if you've ever experienced this, which let's be real, who hasn't, uh, then you know what I mean when I say the struggle can be, can be and can feel really, really hard, really heavy at times. And the way I view it is that it's such a messy entanglement between our physical bodies and our mental perspective of our bodies, right? Our mental view, per se. We see but it doesn't come through in quite the way. And that's where that body dysmorphia comes into play. And oftentimes this entire phenomena is worsened by the culture and the society that we live in, whether that's through the editing apps, magazines, portrayals of it in models and actresses and actors, you know, in the movies, uh, in the everyday people, right? The diet culture, the everything that is thrown at us and filters through our mind to distort our view of what a body quote-unquote should look like. And so today I'm going to share just a few of my tough body image moments that really just stuck in my mind as, I don't know, moments that were just very hard to get through at the time. They really changed my perspective. They gave me something to think about. And then I'm going to share a few things that are currently helping me And I mean, just to be completely honest, like the last few months have been so hard for me with body image and everything. Honestly, ever since healing and working through treatment for the hep C, my body has just changed so much for the better. It's healing, but it's hard when you're used to seeing your body one way, when you're used to people commenting on your body being a specific way, size, shape, etc. And suddenly it's not that anymore. It's hard. <laughs> and I, don't, I know I'm saying hard a lot, but it's just the truth of the matter. This is a topic near and dear to my heart. And so I guess let's, you know, let's dive into it. I guess to start and to what rewind a bit, I remember when I was probably around 10 or 11 was when I first began to actually notice my body and the fact that it was larger than my friends. And I know I've shared the story about it before where a doctor you know, told my mom I was 10 to 15 pounds above my optimal BMI. And so it was right around this time where I had that in my head. You know, I was going through the grief of losing my mom. And then I was starting to actually notice, you know, that all my friends were the idea of thin. And they were getting, you know, attention from guys and they were the cool ones. And Overall, it's just the beginning of that divide, right? From the innocent childhood of everyone is accepted to the grueling years of like those middle years of life where there's so much growth and change and friendships shift and everything shifts, right? And so it was just hard for me to see 
my friends that way and for me to feel so different in so many ways. And I remember specifically with the body image, you know, I was just so upset by the way my stomach had rolls when I sat down or the way my thighs spread out. Um, I remember like pulling at, not, like not even pulling, but just like feeling and obsessing over the extra skin and, you know, rolls and just like overall quote unquote chubby cheeks and jaw that I had, right? And these are just the beginning of horrible body checking habits and picking myself apart from the inside out truly. And I just remember reaching this point where I suddenly despised nearly every part of my body. And that paired with just, you know, the grief and everything I was going through at the time began my long and winding road of anorexia and then orthorexia and everything that would follow. So fast forward through those years of disordered eating and habits, and I was just obsessed with not only being healthy, but by being a certain weight and a certain size, because I thought that that weight, that body size meant I was quote unquote healthy, right? I mistook health as being a body shape or a body weight versus the actual true 360 nature of wellness, you know, mind, body, spirit, mental, emotional, physical, everything that I share and practice through the show with you all. And so over the years, you know, I did start to work on my body image and it was just still a struggle. I would yo-yo between, you know, losing weight and gaining weight and never being fully happy with where I was at, always wanting to change, right? When I was thin, I wanted to be curvier. When I was bigger, I wanted to be thinner. And it was just a yo-yo back and forth. And I'm sure so, so many of you can relate. Um, But I wanted to share, you know, so that's my backstory. I'm sure so many of you can resonate you know be like oh yes that was me too and that's sad that's unfortunate um but it's fact of the matter right and so I then wanted to share just some crucial moments that really made an impact and it's something I want to hit on in this episode which is the idea of others commenting on our bodies and how that fuels and triggers this body dysmorphia that we develop right and so a big moment for me I remember was in high school I always hated changing in front of people. I didn't like showing my body. I was so just like ashamed of it and scared of what people would think. And the one day, um, you know, a few of the girls on my soccer team looked over and they were like, whoa, M, like you have like abs, like you have a, what they call it, like a cage. You know, they were just really complimenting my abs. And at first I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like it's not like I'm, you know, it's nothing. Like truly, those are not abs. You know, I was like downplaying it. But then I just remember this thought passing through my head of, if only they knew, if only they knew that I've been obsessed with getting abs for years. If only they knew the restriction and the overexercising and the strict dieting, horrible mindset I've been in for years that it took to get me this body. And that to me is huge. The fact that that thought went through my mind even as part of me was happy that someone was saying that, even as part of me was like, oh, that's not true, right? Like there were so many emotions going on, but in that moment, I did have that little bit of self-awareness to think, if only they knew. And I think a lot of us have those moments, right? And that could be whether somebody's commenting on your weight, your size, a specific body part, etc. right? Like there are times in our life where we do have the realization of, Like, is everything I've done to get to this point actually worth it? So then, you know, 
fast forward through the years and now I'm so self-conscious still of my abdomen and my stomach area and I still have that thought in the back of my mind of that time in my life when I did have that specific body structure and how now I don't, right? And I'm working to accept that and I'm working to accept the fact that my body is healthy and functioning and I have a period, right? And weight gain is so good in so many ways, but I still have, you know, that was six years ago. I still have that thought in the back of my mind of what my body was compared to what it is now. And that makes me a little sad. And now that I'm saying this, I think I need to work through it in therapy. (laughs) But I wanted to share another example. And this is one that I'm going to share on my Instagram as well. This was just two years ago. Okay. And I was going to I was going into the city to actually get tested um, for the hep C to see if it was actually hep C or if it was another much more serious condition. And I didn't want to go with my family because I knew that'd be too emotional. So I went with two friends at the time. One was just such a good friend of mine. We're still friends. Love her. The other one, you know, we had our friendship. We had our times. You know, unfortunately at this time, I wasn't sure how I felt about her. Nevertheless, we're all there. We're walking through the city. I'm already pretty like mentally not well because I'm about to find out, you know, that I either have chronic hepatitis C or I have another much worse diagnosis. And I was just trying to remain positive and we're walking through the city and all of a sudden this friend, quotes, you know, this acquaintance, says to me from behind, damn, you have such a fat ass, Em. And I just stop walking. I'm like, what? She's like, you have such a fat ass. Like, what do you do? Like, I just, it's like a bubble. What do you do? Like, do you do 100 squats? Like, I want a fat ass like that, right? And she's, in her mind, saying this is a compliment. She's one of those people with no filter. She says exactly what comes to mind. And to her, she wants a butt. So she's saying this, right? And she thinks it's a compliment. She thinks it's something good. And to some people, maybe that is. But to someone that struggled with body image and with body dysmorphia for half their life at that point, those words felt like a punch to the gut. And when I say this, I'm not saying that the word fat is bad, but I'm saying the implication of what she was saying to me really hurt, really triggered me, and would stay to me even to today. And I just remember feeling suddenly so self-conscious and aware of the fact that I do have a larger butt. I have always had a larger butt. I was a soccer player. I walk, I run, like I do all the things that they say to do to build your butt, never intentionally, but it just so happened over the years. And I had never noticed that part of me because I was so hyper-focused on my stomach and on all the other parts of my body. And so when she said that, I finally started to realize like, fuck, she's right. Like that's why my pants fit weird, right? And You know, then I started to pick up on like little cues from like other people about like my butt and it really stuck with me. I remember seriously feeling self-conscious of walking in front of people. Um, I quit wearing like leggings or anything that really like made my butt pop per se. I just remember it affecting me so much. And like I said, I carried it with me even after that, right? And so at the time it had such a just odd, harmful, negative, triggering impact on me. And fast forward to today, present day, you know, about a year to two years later, um, literally just 
two days ago at work. I had written the draft, the outline for this episode. That night I go into work and randomly one of my coworkers that I've been working with for months, she says to me as she's passing by all of a sudden like, damn Em, you have a fat ass. Those exact words, right? Not saying like you have a big ass, like damn your ass is nice, anything like that. It's like, no, you have a fat ass. Once more, one of those people, zero filter, says what comes to mind, meant it with a compliment because she genuinely meant it. However, to me, once more, I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Like, again? Again. My body is being defined and objectified. Now, mind you, while my initial reaction was seriously, what the fuck, why would you say that? I didn't say that out loud. I thought that. I was then able to calm down within a couple seconds and remind myself, okay, those are words. They do not define me. I love my butt. I have a full butt. It is to my advantage. Guys, I love it. <laughs> um, I love, you know, I love my butt now. I love the way it fits into jeans and clothes. And sure, sometimes I'm still self-conscious of it, especially when I'm walking in front of people. But... <laughs> That being said, I was able to so quickly get over that trigger. And that's because I was doing the internal work to work through that, right? Like I've come to a place where I'm able to take in and see and experience all these emotions when it comes to eating disorder, habits, body image, and I'm able to process them in a much better way than I was before. And granted, this is not to say that anybody has the right to comment or define on your body like that. Whether it's your eyes, your lips, your breasts, your butt, your stomach, legs, hair, etc., no one has the right to blatantly speak or joke or mock your body in such a way. We see this with pregnant women. We see this with others that struggle with bloat. We see this in so, so many ways, right? With people that are chronically ill and they're losing weight and people are commenting on the weight loss, etc., It's so not right. Does it still happen? A hundred percent. All the damn time. We can't control what other people say. We cannot control our external environment. We can't control our body. But we do have control over the way we react. We can prepare ourselves for how to deal with it when it does happen. Right? Is it something we say to ourselves internally? Is it something we say externally? And so, you know, overall, I just want this to be a way for you to, you know, recognize that body image is such a complex and complicated experience. There are so many different things to it, right? And so I shared a bit of my history with it. I shared examples of, you know, others' comments really impacting and triggering me and leaving lasting impact. And it just goes to show that, you know, this isn't something that's just going to go away. It's not an overnight fix. It's something that takes time and it takes work and it takes patience, but it's so worth it in the end, right? And I'm not 100% comfortable with the way my body is all the times. That's just a fact. But I can have gratitude for all my body does. And I know that those who truly love me and appreciate me don't give a fuck about my body. And, you know, I'm just able to really dig into how I feel in my body sometimes Versus how I think I look externally. And granted, there are other days where I see the angle of myself. Or somebody says a comment like that. Or I see a photo and it throws me for a loop. And I spiral and I ruminate. And I get all lost in those body image, body dysmorphic thoughts. 
But in those moments, I try to do like a little check-in to ground myself or this reframing action. And so for the check-in, for the way to like ground myself from spiraling with the body image thoughts, I try to remind myself that I am in fact my own worst critic. Nobody is thinking and analyzing and picking apart my body the way that I am. Nobody. I mean, do you do that to people when you walk down the street when you see them? I sure as hell hope not. <laughs> and if you do, I hope you really analyze what you're doing with your life right now. And that being said, I think a lot of us don't critique and pick apart and, you know, just demonize people's bodies. And so why do we think others do it to us? Why do we feel the need to do it to ourselves? I also try to remind myself that I am so much more than my body. I am, you know, a great friend. I am an inspiring creative entrepreneur trying to create my own thing in the world. I have an amazing community. You know, I have family and friends and so many others that love and support and appreciate me. I have my work that I love to do. I have just so much good in my life. I am so much more than my body. And that's going back to that phrase of those who are truly meant to be in your life do not care what your body is or what it looks like or what weight it is. And then as before, I tune into how I feel versus how I look. There are so many days where I'll find myself just picking apart my body and then I'll have this moment of clarity where I'm like, wait, I feel like amazing, <laughs> right? Like I, I could sing and dance or go for a run or I just feel rested and peaceful and calm in my body, yet my mind is just a turbulence of thoughts, right? And so sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't because sometimes you don't feel great in your body, especially if you're bloated or inflamed or tired, right? And so those are just ways that you have to check in with yourself otherwhere. Are you taking care with self-care? Are you prioritizing rest? Are you prioritizing what really matters? And then sometimes I have to ask myself, is this just a body image moment? Or is there something else? Is there something beneath the surface? And sometimes I'll actually realize that it's something else making me stress out even more. And thus I give myself and my body a hard time. If I have a bad, stressful day at work, I do not come home feeling a hundred in my body. I usually see myself in the mirror. I'm like, you look tired and puffy and blah, 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 right? And I pick myself apart. And usually by the end of the night, as I'm just like exhausted by this mental turmoil and everything that happened in the day, I'll realize like, what am I doing? I let my, that negative energy of my day fuel this body image spiral. When in fact, like, I'm just tired. I just need some proper food and hydration and rest. I need some me time, you know? And this could go for anything. It could be the stress of work, of life, not enough sleep, depression, anxiety. They all play a part. So sometimes you need to ask yourself, like, what's fueling this? Is there something I could do to take care of getting better sleep, of properly fueling my body, of getting in some movement, more sleep, working on my anxiety, working on my depression? So that it's not fueling the fire of body dysmorphia, of body image struggles. And just doing one of those or a few of them can act as a little check-in. It grounds me in what is true versus just blindly listening and seeing through the film of body dysmorphia. It makes me pause before acting, right? Because we all know that with body image can come the action of restriction, over-exercising, body checking, and, and you know, such I could go on and on. <laughs> Right, and so this is another step to take so that you can pause, 
reevaluate, ground yourself, and choose your next step without instinctively acting with a potentially harmful disordered habit. The other practice that I do is reframe. And this is taking the intrusive body image thought and reframing it into something else. And this one can seem a little cheesy, it can seem a little corny, but I promise you, if you give it time, it might help you. Right? So example, a something I've been self-conscious of of late, because, you know, it's always shifting with body image, something new every month. <laughs> Joking, but not really. Um, <laughs> with this, you know, for late months, it's been my thighs, right? I had this these two photos taken of me by my friend. He's amazing. I love him. But I need to work on being more secure in my own body and of just finding like the way I like to look in photos, right? Like what angles suit me, whatever. And I just got very self-conscious of my thighs and I'm still working through it. And so oftentimes the thought, the intrusive thought that creeps in will be, wow, your thighs are large, right? And like comes back all the jokes and mockery of school years of, you know, thunder thighs, right? And all those not so great terms to throw around. And what I try to do is the reframe of my thighs are strong and they are beautiful. They suit my body just right. And they carry me through long ass days, right? And I try to think about the way they carried me through soccer and school, through my workouts now, how they let me walk my dog and literally do everything in life. And I try to remind myself that just because they don't look like so-and-so's legs, doesn't mean they aren't beautiful in their own right. There's so many people I admire and love the way, you know, they just go through life. And I'm not thinking about what their thighs look like, am I? And so is it cheesy? Possibly so. Does it work? I'd say so. I mean, it doesn't eradicate your struggles. None of this does. But it just helps you along the way, right? Like the reframe helps reframe your thought. And when you do that time and time again, the quote-unquote good starts to crowd out the quote-unquote bad. Your thoughts start to drift towards seeing your strengths versus picking yourself apart. It's something that when you do it time and time again, you start to reprogram your mind. Think about it. Your mind and you have gotten so used to picking out the flaws and critiquing your body that it struggles to do anything else. It struggles to love yourself. It struggles to appreciate. It struggles to even just have gratitude for your body and what it does. And I know it feels hard. But that's a feeling, it's an experience, and it's something that you can work through. It's something that will pass with time. And I'm right there with you. It's a daily, weekly practice, and it's something that I'll be working on right alongside you to reprogram our thoughts, to do the self-check-ins, to reframe, to do all these steps towards just doing a complete overhaul of our mind so that we can work through this body dysmorphia and get to a place where we are more often than not, viewing our bodies and our selves through a neutral lens and not through the dysmorphic film that society and culture and diet culture has painted for us. And if you're ever struggling like you know, at all, just please reach out. I know that sometimes I'll have these thoughts pop into my head and I'll say them out loud or I'll say them to a friend or a loved one or my therapist or I'll write them out or type them out. And suddenly I'm just like, oh, that sounds like a little silly. Or that's not entirely true, is it? Right? Like it just gives me a moment to pause once more, a moment of clarity, a moment of self-awareness. And so if you need someone to be that for you, to be that, that voice of reason, what have it be, I'm always there. I'm on Instagram at Emily Fichels. I'm happy to connect. And as always, like I am right here with you. I'm sharing this episode because I'm really struggling through this right now. And so I 
can imagine many of you are as well. And while I'm not happy about that for us, <laughs> it's a fact of life. It's something we're going through. And so just know that you can do this. We can do this. I'm here for you. There are so many others here for you. There's such an amazing community out there supporting this movement, this work. And so that's always there for you as well. I hope this resonated, brought you some clarity, brought you some peace, gave you something to think about. And as always, I just so, so appreciate you listening and tuning in and being part of this community. So much love, much appreciation, and let's connect on the gram at Emily Feichels. And as always, if you do love the show or even just like it a bit, feel free to share with a friend or leave a rate and review. It helps share the love, get it out there, and helps the show in so many ways. So without further ado, I'll let you go and talk to you next week. Bye.